Hey, big boxers. Welcome to On The Shelf, a program that is dedicated to helping you get your products into a major big box retailer. Tim here with you. Hope you're having a great day. No matter what day it is when you listen to this podcast, I hope that you're either having a great business day or enjoying a wonderful personal day. For me, I'm stuck inside today, not because I can't get out, but simply because it's just hot. It's hot outside here in Florida, and it's muggy and humid and just not that enjoyable. I did just get back from a trip to California for my daughter's graduation party that my wife and I threw for her. And man, what a great experience that was. Huge milestone graduating high school. And why, you asked, did we go to California to have a graduation party? Well, it's because all of our family is in California. And so instead of bringing all the family to Florida, we decided to go to California. And although I don't have any wishes to move back to California, there's nothing other than family drawing me back there. I will have to say the weather was amazing. It was so nice just to hang out outside not worry about the mosquitoes, not be sweating to death or feeling like you can't breathe. These are the months in Florida that people dread. The rest of the year, Florida is amazing. But what is it really? July, August, September, it can be a little bit of a nightmare. And so you spend a lot of time inside, you spend a lot of time with your air conditioning, your electricity bill goes up, and then come October, November, December, and on through the start of the year, Florida is amazing. So if you can make it through three months of hell, you're good to go. You're good to go. All right. So anyway, congratulations to my daughter for graduating high school. She is an amazing individual, and I'm super blessed to be able to be her dad. I'm excited. I'm excited for what's coming next. And each chapter of her life, I think, is and has been exciting. All right, guys and gals, I'm going to have to apologize. What I'm apologizing for, I can't believe that I have missed this. And Beth, thank you so much for bringing this to my attention. And I know you guys are wondering what's going on, but I cannot believe that on this podcast in 151 episodes, we have not talked extensively or in depth about buyer decks, how to build a buyer deck, what to put into a buyer deck, what is a buyer deck? I'm shocked, but I went back through my podcast and sure enough, there was nothing significant in the last 151 podcasts that really talked much about it. And although we did a podcast on your first email to a buyer, for heaven's sake, what are you going to put in that email? What are you going to attach to that email? Oh my gosh, it's like an epic fail. So today, we're going to rectify that. Today is a day of reckoning because we're going to right that wrong and talk about buyer decks. Now, first of all, you may be wondering if you're new to the podcast or if you're new to trying to get your products into retail, you may be asking, what is a buyer deck? Well, it really is just a presentation. So why not call it a presentation? Because, I don't know, we call it a deck. It's a deck, D-E-C-K, that we give to buyers. They leaf through it to learn about our company and our product. 
So buyer deck is the name that we've given to that. But if you want to stick with a buyer presentation or a presentation for the buyer, feel free. Nobody is not going to know what you're talking about. So there's a couple different things before we get right into buyer deck that you can actually send to a buyer that's going to help them understand your product. One is a spec sheet. We're going to talk about that. One is a wholesale line sheet. We're going to talk about that. And then one is the buyer deck, which is what we're going to start with. I think the biggest mistake that most suppliers make when preparing a buyer deck is the length, okay? They just want to slam everything that they can into this deck. I mean, they want to give them their shoe size needs to go in there. And every time they look at it, they're, oh, we forgot this, or oh, we forgot that, or oh, we forgot this. And I have to tell you that buyer decks longer than about seven pages are going to get tossed. That's right. You mean do buyers actually just hit delete? Yes, they do. They do not want to read through, nor do they have the time to read through, nor do they need to know all the information in a 40-page buyer deck. Okay? No, they don't. As much as you want to feed them all this information, they don't need to know all that stuff just yet. And here's a key thing for you to keep in your mind. Here's a little sound bite, if you will. Don't think that your buyer deck is going to do the selling for you. Okay. Don't think that all you have to do is send them this 40 page deck on your product and your product line and your company. And they're going to just hit you back with an email that says, bam, I love it. Let's bring it in. No. And I think that's why a lot of people try to include so much in there is because they want the buyer deck to do the selling for them. That's not what it's for. Now, if you guys know anything about me and you've listened to the podcast and you know about buyer interaction, you know about selling then you'll know what I'm about to say next. The buyer deck is about interest. Your first email to a buyer is about interest. You're trying to get them interested to engage with you. You're trying to get them interested to want to know more about your product. It's not smart to include too much, okay? You don't want the buyer to be able to make a decision without you. That's why I never include the pricing in the initial email that I send to a buyer because I want to build a rapport. I want to have a chance to explain the product, talk about the product, talk about the uniques of the product before I give them the price. If I give them the price first, that could simply disqualify me. That could simply end the entire conversation. If I give them too much information first, that they can make a decision on their own without talking to me, I don't want that to happen either. So your buyer deck and your initial email that include your buyer deck are all about interest, okay? And you don't need a lot of pages to create interest, all right? So let's kind of run through it. Your buyer deck from start to finish, okay? If you need to know more information, you want a template, anything like that, you can always reach out to me. Happy to work with you on that. I've done I don't know, a thousand different buyer decks. So yeah, we've done a few. All right, first page. It's really just an intro page. Probably has a hero shot of the product and your logo. And if you want to customize it to the retailer that you're sending it to, you might want to put their logo on the header page as well. 
if you're going to put their logo on the header page, make sure it's not smaller than your logo. Make sure it's at least as big or bigger than your logo. All right. You never want to have like this huge font of your logo and then down in the corner, a little logo of their company. Now, that's not what we're looking for. We don't want to make them feel bad. So hero shot of the product, your logo. And if you want to customize it, the retailer's logo right there. All right. This is just off the top of my head. As you guys know, I'm just going to roll through this. You can move these pages around if you like. Okay. Some people have different styles and understand what they want the buyer to see first. Okay. Do they want to see the product first? They want to understand the uniques of the product first. Do they want to understand the company first? Do they want to know why you're approaching them first? Those are all good questions. But for me, I am going to do the hero page and then I'm going to move right into a page about the company. Okay. Who we are. It's not going to be a long paragraph. This is going to be who we are, what we stand for, and why we stand out. So if you're a company that only makes organic products, or you only make recycled products, or you have this type of a mission statement, or you give this much back to charity. And by the way, if you're going to throw something in like that, better be verifiable. So why is and who is your company? And why are they special? Where can they find you on social? Okay, how do you market your company? Kind of a small little paragraph about you, who we are. This is us. All right. Next, I'm going to talk about our product line. Okay. This is what we have. Now, if your product line is just one product, this can be one page. If your product line is multiple products, try to fit a couple on each page so you don't start to lengthen this out. So let's say we have three products. Three products, I'm going to go ahead and dedicate one page for each of the products. I'm going to put a lifestyle or a really good image of the product here. And then I'm going to create some bullet points about what makes this product unique. Why is this product special? Why do they want to buy this product? I might even create a little paragraph that speaks to the product and why we created it, why we're selling it. Okay. This is kind of a one-page spec sheet on the product, except we're not including any dimensions or case packs or anything like that. I'll get to that in a second. So one page for each of your products. If you have six products, try to do two per page. If you have 10 products, try to pick your top three and let them know we have other products in our range that we can talk about at the appropriate time. But do not put all 10, 20, 40, 60 products that you have in this deck. Okay. Interest. You're trying to create interest. If you put too much in there, they're going to think this is just too much for me to deal with right now. I can't deal with it. I'm going to delete it. Okay. Top three products, top six products in top six. If you can put two on a PowerPoint presentation page. Okay. So we have our hero page. We have our about us, who we are and why you want to do business with us. Okay then your products. Then I might slide in a page about what we can do for the retailer. Okay. And this is a great place for you to start really calling out some of the things about your companies and products that are going to kind of raise the eyebrow of the buyer. So we can increase your category sales by this. This is the reason we can increase your category sales. 
So let me give you an example of increasing category sales. I have a client that sells Lego compatible products, bricks, base plates, all the different things. Now, Lego doesn't anymore sell many just loose Legos. They're mostly kits and princess castles and Death Stars. And that's a lot of structured play. Well, my client is into creative play. And so they have items that Lego really doesn't sell anymore, but people that have Lego want to buy, like stackable base plates. So one of the things that we put in the buyer deck is we're going to help you increase your construction toy category sales by adding in these stackable base plates. They don't take away anything else. Nobody's going to choose them over something else. So you're not trading sales. They are simply going to be attractive to other people that come to buy Legos and see those and say, oh man, I need base plates too for my huge bin of Legos. All right. So they're going to attract additional sales. People, big boxers, buyers love that. They want to grow their category. That's one of their mandates. That's on their review. How did they grow the category sales? Not how did they swap category sales one item for another item? How did they actually grow it? Okay. Another thing that you might want to put in there is how you're going to help them grow their margin. Buyers are responsible for margin growth. Okay. Some items that they carry are low margin. Some items that they carry are high margin. They cost average it across their category and that gives them their margin. How can you, let's say their overall category margin is 48. How can you help them get it to 48.5? Now in an entire category, a half a percent of margin is huge. So how can you help them do that? Now this one client I was talking to you about, our products carry a much better margin than Lego, okay? So just by carrying them, when people buy that, the margin overall as an average is gonna go up. So we include that. Those are key things. You know, you can talk about your packaging, how it's designed to draw people in. You can talk about your uniqueness, how you've taken something to the next level. But this page is designed to get them excited about doing business with you. It can't just be about your item. It can't. That's not enough. You have to start with who you are and why you're special. Remember, if you've heard me before, retailers want to do business with companies. They want to do business with companies that are making things happen, companies that have a following, companies that are marketing their product. So you have this page about your company and who you are, what your mission statement is, why you're special, why consumers are drawn to you, and how they're going to continue to be drawn to that retailer if they carry your product. Then we have pages about the product, why they're unique, why consumers are liking them, what our, our key attributes are. Then we have a page talking about why you want to do business with us, okay? What we're going to do for you, not what you can do for us. Every buyer knows that you're dying to sell them your product because you want to make sales. They all know that. And it's a, what are you going to do for me aspect of things. That's what they're used to. That's what they hear every single day. So we're going to give them a page that says, this is what I can do for you. Not what you can do for me, but what I can do for you in your category. That's going to get them fired up. That's going to get them excited. Hey, big boxers. Just a quick announcement from TLB Consulting. Are you looking to scale your business this year? 
Are you looking to get your products on the shelf of a retailer this year? Well, guess what? Booking a coaching call with me has never been easier. I know based on the past 10 years of working with clients that it can be difficult to be a solopreneur. It can be difficult to scale your business into territory that you've never been to. That's why I have opened up more slots this year than I've ever done before. One of my goals this year is to work with more clients, more solopreneurs, more big boxers looking to get their products into retail than ever before. I want to work directly with you and share my experiences over the last 25 years of getting products into retail. I want to share those experiences with you. I want to talk to you from a place of somebody who's been there and I want to help you get to where I've gone. Like I said, it's never been easier. All you have to do is go to tlbconsulting.com, click on consulting, and then choose the time or the bundle that you want and get it scheduled. Let's kick off 2020 with a bang. Let's get you the information that you need. I'm looking forward to meeting you. Now, something I've been adding recently. Now, that's almost it, guys. This isn't rocket science. Remember, interest is what we're into, not this long, drawn-out presentation that nobody has time to read. Bam, here's the intro page. Here's about us. Here's my products. Here's what I can do for you, and then let's close it out. Now, if you want to slide something in there between the here's what we can do for you and closing it out, you can put some marketing information. Here's our website. Here's our Facebook page. Here's our Twitter account. Here's our Instagram account, but don't do that unless you have a robust social engagement, okay? Don't send them to your social accounts if there's nothing for them to see. But if there is, if you've been working hard on your social and you have engagement and you have a lot of followers and they talk to you and you have some brand ambassadors, then heck yeah, build that page and encourage them to go check you out and then close it out. Here's how you can get a hold of me. Make it easy. Don't clutter this whole page with all kinds of stuff. Type it, you know, I make it, I say, contact us. And here I am, boom, here's my email, boom, here's our website, boom, here's my phone number. And that's it. That's all I put on that page. So I'm going to make it easy for them to contact me. This is not a long drawn out process. This is for a buyer to look at, flip through, look at online. It can't be more than five megabytes, okay? Most retail buyers have a cutoff, five megs. And they won't even get it. So if you've been sending 9, 10, 12 megabyte buyer decks out there and you're getting no response, most likely they don't even get through their system. Try to make sure every buyer deck you have is under 5 megs. Now, have I had a deck over 5 megs? Yes. Now, what I've done is I've also created a for decks over 5 megs because they were simply had to be too long or they had products or there was, you know, in my lifetime, there's been a couple decks that we had over 5 megs. And what I did is I created a Google form for that, a Google presentation. So I wrote into the email. I said, hey, if my deck was too big and it didn't come through, here's a link to the Google form or the Google presentation that you can click on. Make sense? So people, if you have questions about this or you want to comment on it or you have your own opinion, please, ontheshelfnow.com and let's have a discussion about it. All right, let's talk about a wholesale line sheet and a spec sheet. All right. A lot of times buyers want to see everything, okay? 
But when I say everything, I'm not talking about tons of words. They want to know the product. They want to know the case pack. They want to know the inner case pack. They want to know the dimensions. They want to know the weight. They want to know the UPC code. They want all this info because at certain times, like if you're going to Costco, this is one of the first things they're going to ask you for if they're interested. Send me all this information because they plug it all into their system and they see if it's even viable for them to move it around. Is this going to be too expensive to send out to Hawaii or is it going to be too expensive to send to Puerto Rico or to Alaska? You know, what's the cost of it going to be? So let's see if it fiscally makes sense to even work with this product first. And they're going to ask you, you send me all the dims, all the dimensions. So the dimensions of the master case, the inner case, uh, the quantities, the weight of the product, the inner case, the master case, how many are on a pallet, okay? How many fit on a pallet? How much does the pallet weigh? And this is all information that if you've reached out to me to get your vendor prep form, this is all on there. These are all things that will show up anyway in your vendor prep if, you, if you're filling out vendor paperwork. But it's great to have a one-pager or a two-pager that has a small picture of your product and then all these different specs about that product. And what's interesting about a wholesale line sheet is it's all of your products with all that information. So it may be two pages, three pages, four pages, whatever. Now, a spec sheet is different in that it's just one page about each product. So the information isn't necessarily different, but you just have a little bit more room. So you might be able to add a picture of the product, a picture of the product in the packaging and a lifestyle picture. Then you have more room to add all the specifications about the product. So it's a one pager about that product. So for instance, if you're at a trade show or trade fair and somebody wanted to know about that specific product, you might give them your spec sheet. Now it's up to you whether you want to put your pricing. One of the things you can put is your manufacturer's suggested retail price in there, but you don't have to put your cost in there. Because you might print up a lot of these and you don't want to have to reprint it. And again, like I said, I want to know that people are interested in my product first before I actually tell them what the price is or what their cost is. I don't necessarily have an issue even in my buyer deck, by the way, in putting the retail price, the manufacturer's suggested retail price, as long as it's not going to change for some reason. I don't mind putting that in there, but just not cost right yet. So you might be asking yourself, well, what if they ask you, you know, at a trade show or an ECRM session, or the buyer calls you right back after they get your email and says, hey, what's the price? Well, what are you going to tell them? What price are you going to give them? Okay, so what I do is I say, you're looking at about this much margin, depending on what your program cost is or whether the product has to be delivered. You don't know a lot about what that buyer and what that retailer is going to demand about your pricing. And I don't want to make this about pricing. So, I mean, we've talked about that a ton of times, but it's not a good idea to just give them a price before you know what they're requesting. Do they want it delivered? Do Are they going to add in the money for promotions, money for defectives? I mean, is there stuff that you're going to have to add? So sometimes I'll create a triple net price, FOB my own warehouse. So here's the lowest price. So if there's nothing built in, triple net means nothing built in. Or you might use the word dead net. This is a dead net FOBR warehouse price. So they know for sure this is the lowest price with nothing built in. They pick it up at your warehouse. Then anything they ask you to do after that, they know you're going to have to requote it. Okay. So you can kind of skate through there a couple of different ways. When I'm at an ECRM session or I'm training people to go to ECRM, 
I let them know, give them a range. You're probably going to be looking at 45 to 50 points of margin on this product, depending on your program and, and everything like that. Once we understand that, I can give you a little bit more precise of a quote. But at least it gives them in the range, right? You know, if you were to say, oh, you, you're going to get 25 points of margin, they're going to know whether they can deal with that or not deal with it. So give them a range. Let them understand. And then once you know a little bit more about what they're asking you for, then you can actually quote them an appropriate price. Okay. So there's a couple of different things here, folks. We have a buyer deck. It's not more than seven pages, depending on how many products you have. It has some great photography in it. Don't send them iPhone pictures, okay? This is where you really have to pay for some good photography, high-res photography, because when you send it through email, you're going to reduce it down. So if you've started out with poor photography and you reduce it down to send it, it's going to look bad, okay? And you might be giving them this deck in person. This might be face-to-face. So you want it to look good. There needs to be a little bit of lifestyle in there and a little bit of just hero shots in there. Spend some time thinking about who you are. Who is your company? What do you guys stand for? Why would somebody want to do business with you? You have to think outside the product for a minute because too many people think it's all about the product. And a lot of it is, right? Your product at some point has to stand on its own and be judged. And they're going to either like it or not like it or think it's going to sell or not. But you're entering in a partnership with this retailer they are taking on your product. And when they do that, they're taking on your company too. So who is your company? What does it stand for? Why does it stand out? Why do people love it? Why do you love it? All right. Then your product, make sure you're talking about the uniques about your product, not just the features, the uniques and what problems those uniques solve. And then you're going to talk about what you can do for them, right? That page about What's in it for them? Not what's in it for you. We already know what's in it for you. Money, sales, credibility. But what's in it for them? You are going to stand out in any buyer meeting that you're in, in any time that you reach out to a buyer. If you spend a little bit of time putting yourself in their shoes and asking yourself, what do they want? What is their boss breathing down their neck about? We don't spend much time thinking about that. Think about your buyers in his boss's office and their boss is saying, hey, your margin is under, okay? Your category sales are down. What are you doing about that? It's too often. We don't think about that. We're just in awe, you know, oh, the buyer, oh, maybe they're going to say yes. Maybe they're going to say no. My future's in their hands. Start thinking about this more as a business. How are you going to help them get to their goal, right? Little Zig Ziglar in there. How are you going to help them get to their goal? And if you can do that, they're going to help you get to yours. And then lastly, if you have robust social, if you have robust marketing, you can put that in there, okay? If you don't have robust, don't send them to your social pages if there's nothing for them to look at. And then close it out with your contact information, all right? Last thing I'm going to throw out there is if there's not enough room in your product pages to show packaging, you might throw in a whole page of different packaging. So if one of my clients, we have one whole page that has peggable product. It has product in PDQs. It shows products on a shelf. It shows products on a pallet. So it shows a lot of different packaging options. Recently, I had one of my clients go out and they went to Uline and they bought some Logier shelving, just like you would see in a retailer. I had them go out and buy a four-foot section. And then we started merchandising it with the products that we think that they should buy first. And we created these two-foot 
presentations. This is what it would look like if you cut a two-foot presentation of our product into your planogram. And then on the back of that sheet, it shows the products, what their SKU number is, and their key information. It makes it super easy. So if you have some pictures of product on a shelf or how you would merchandise it, you can create that page. But if it's just one page of a box and it's just the packaging, try to fit that into your product pages, okay? Makes sense. All right, and then we talked about line sheets, wholesale line sheets. That's all of your products into a sheet and there's sections off for each product. And there's one picture and then all the dimensions and specifications go in there. UL approved or you have these certifications or FDA approved all go in there. And then a spec sheet is just one product. And you can fit several different images on there, including packaging. And again, all the dimensions and specifications and certifications go in there. Those really help buyers understand what they're dealing with. And if you're really ready to come work with them. All right. So there you have it. That's buyer decks. That's wholesale line sheets. That's spec sheets. Beth, thanks so much for bringing that to my attention. And again, big boxers, I apologize that we have never talked about this. So I'm glad that we did that. And like I said, we've righted that wrong and hope you guys can take this information and run with it. All right, well, it wouldn't be the end of a podcast if I didn't say people, big boxers, on the shelfnow.com, make some comments. Let's talk. Let's have some conversation. I want to hear from you. I know you guys hear from me. I want to hear from you. I want to hear what you're dealing with, what's going on, what your questions are that maybe aren't answered on the podcast. I love it when you guys reach out to me and tell me that you heard a podcast, you did something, it worked out. I love that. If you have a different way to do something or something, you've tried a different way, you've tried a way and it, ma- and it made sense, then jump into our closed group on the shelf now, hit join and I'll get you in there and you can start sharing some information with other like-minded people that are doing what you're doing. It's a great group and it's growing. So we want to get you in there. If you just, uh, we also have just our On The Shelf Now Facebook page. So definitely stop by there. On The Shelf Now Twitter, like I said, we're all over the internet. There's nowhere you can go that you can't find us. If you want to reach out to me, if there's something I can do for you, you can always reach out to me on uh, either one of my emails, Tim at tlbconsulting.com or Tim at ontheshelfnow.com. Either one is going to get to me. Listen, it's my honor to help you get your products into retail. I appreciate you spending your time with me. I look forward to our next podcast. And until then, I look forward to seeing your products on the shelf.